What is up, guys, and welcome back to Paint Bravely, the podcast where you can find a little bit of encouragement, discover new ways to make your hobby more fun, and most importantly, learn to paint bravely. Now, this is going to be kind of a grab bag episode, if you will. We're just going to kind of hang out and talk because, you know, it's it's the holidays, and uh, I think we're feeling a little bit like it's time to slow down and just hang out for a bit. So we do have some some comments and some other things that we want to get to hopefully near the end of the episode. But for now, Brent, what have you been up to in the last few weeks? All right, I'm up to big projects and small projects. So I told you last time that I'm working on a Slaves to Darkness army. I'm up to 100-something hours put into that between mostly assembling but also some painting. And that's going to be a lot more work. You know, I've I've seen you paint armies, Casey, and you got like a you get like a couple of colors on there, throw some streaking grime, and all of a sudden it's done. And I don't know how you do it, but you you've been cranking out like a, an army every two weeks. I cannot do that. So I think this is going to be a pretty fun video. I'm going to be like, you know, how long does it really take to paint an army? And it's going to be like a 300 hour time lapse and be like this. This is more realistic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it certainly depends on your standard of of where you're trying to get. And those those slaves of darkness that you have are sharp looking. So, it makes a lot more sense that it would take you 3 times as long to paint those than it would for me to paint orcs. Right. Which are, you know, slap some dirt on it and call it a day. They're orcs. Hey, yours look good and good enough to sell on eBay, but then again, you you are selling them on eBay, or not your orcs, I guess, but uh, your corns you sell on eBay. And, yeah, uh, the, the corn army will be going up, but the, the orcs, those are mine. That's They're right. Mine. That's right. I'm keeping those. And I think that does make a difference. You know, if, uh, mm -hmm. if it's your army, it takes a little while longer. It did. It took a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I've got this army I'm working on. I figure that's going to be it probably seriously like 300 hours. It's going to be a stupid number of hours. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, I really got to be releasing videos so that I, I don't get like concerned citizens emailing. Um, I don't know if I've told the story on the air, but like my uh, my former employer actually got an email once from somebody like just just checking in on Brent, like he hasn't had a video out in a few weeks, and uh, <laughs> somebody you don't even work for or know anymore. I mean, I I don't talk to them very often, but uh, you know, you're still on great terms and talk to them every once in a while, help them out with stuff. But uh, they're like, uh, yeah, Brent, uh, I think this email is for you. We're just going to uh, pass that along here. <laughs> That's pretty great. Yeah. And they actually got uh, one other email from uh, a 3D printing company looking to get into contact with me. And uh, there's there's an about tab on the YouTube channel where you can find the, the email address. Yeah. I mean, isn't that usually where they go? That seems so strange to me that, that there'd be some like third party interaction of of someone you used to work for, or even if you're, if you, even if you still know them, like somehow they, they got to your LinkedIn and they're like, this is, this is where we got to go to reach Brent. Well, I've gotten like a few hobby LinkedIn requests now. And I, right. there's plenty of social media, you know, uh, companies or, or platforms that I do not use much. And mm -hmm. like I've, I've 
updated my LinkedIn a couple of times ever, uh, you know, just depending on who you're working for or whether they want you to actually have one of those updated or not. But right, I've gotten a, a couple of of like three D printing companies like friend me on LinkedIn and right. yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Where was I going with this? Oh yeah. So if I don't post a video on YouTube, uh, at least every two weeks, I start to get uh, concerned citizens, and, and and plus I feel bad and lazy, and the channel dies, and and all that other stuff. But <laughs> uh, especially if you put out like a real stinker of a video, you know, a ten of ten, and then a ten of ten, and two weeks later right. a ten of ten, and then and then you just don't post yeah. anything for two months because you're working on a five thousand point chaos army. That's no way to do business. See how that'd be a problem. Uh, yeah. 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 So I've been working on kind of more bite-sized projects. I'm trying to maintain momentum on some of these bigger army projects while also uh, not letting the channel die. So I've kind of been going through my list of like video ideas and picking the ones that hopefully are still good videos, but they take less time to put together or I already have some of the stuff I need. And so of the last three videos, two of them have been little test videos of like testing durability of models for really stupid experiments of, you know, chucking goblins around, mixing them up with whippy sticks as discussed before. Yes. And that's where the whippy sticks came from. Yeah. Mm hmm. And of relevance to uh, today when we're recording, today was the day I dropped a video where I ate a bag of Funyuns while moving Sisters of Battle around a Monopoly board. And the whole point is I just had filthy, nasty gamer grease hands moving yeah. Yeah, these models that either were or were not varnished around in a conga line around the Monopoly board. 50 laps, 40 spaces on a Monopoly board, so each figure moved 2,000 times. And... <laughs> Uh, wouldn't you know, it was actually a really good experiment and like some of the figures were damaged, uh, just from human contact, you know, 2000 touches, some of the figures were not. And it's actually a pretty convincing experiment that varnish does protect your minis for like daily gaming use. Uh, yeah. So live and learn, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I think it ended up coming out exactly how, I mean, I suppose how most people would have assumed but then there are always those people who are like oh you know varnish doesn't that doesn't do anything for your models it just changes the sheen or whatever sure but i don't know it's pretty pretty convincing yeah and <laughs> that test was like useful enough that now i want to do more variants of it but mm -hmm. now that i have my uh my rhythm down and i know okay so i move but while I was doing that stupid experiment, like, you know, get, you get the hand motions of, do I alternate left, right? Do I move? You know, there, there actually is a little bit of a strategy and tactics and, and the rhythm to it of, of just moving those sisters in a conga line. But I've got my rhythm mm -hmm. down now. So that means there's just nothing to think about. There, there's no skills to master during the next time I do this for three hours. You know, this is the perfect opportunity for you to reach out to Audible. <laughs> And just slap that sponsorship right in the middle of that video. Like, I did this for three and a half hours. And you know what? Made it a lot easier. 
that I mean it it makes perfect sense. Yeah, I'll think about it. <laughs> if if just there was ever a time for Goober Town to do a uh, sponsored spot. I I do listen to a lot of stuff, podcasts, Audible, all that stuff. Uh, yeah. I was planning on saving it for later, but I'm in book 21 of the Horus Heresy right now, and I don't know why right. I keep listening to that series. I'll I'll complain about this later. You're you're taking me off track here, Casey. <laughs> no. I did have an idea though. Um to to bring us back onto track. So I don't know. I I get these comments a lot. Um about how models react, right? Like, oh, why'd you varnish? Or why didn't you varnish? Um, a lot of the times I get ones like, why didn't you pin that? Or why did you pin that model? Does it make a difference, right? Um, or a good one is, why didn't you use a pewter-specific uh, primer to prime that metal model? Because apparently there's specific primers designed for metal models so that they don't fall apart and break. You know, you're tossing those sisters around. Of course, they're all going to get super damaged, right? Apparently, there's a primer out there that prevents that. I don't know what kind it is. Like self-etching primer or something like that? I don't know. Yeah, something like that. It, like, etches the actual metal. Yeah. Yeah. I get the stuff that bonds to wood, plastic, and metal. All that stuff. Right. Now bonds (laughs) plastic. Yeah. I mean, that's an... Interesting point, and there may be an experiment that that kind of gets to the heart of that too. the The easier answer is just not to throw your models around like a madman, and one hundred percent the correct thing. Yeah, and I think we we all know whether we've done tests or not that metal models are more fragile, or at least the paint jobs yeah. on metal models are definitely more fragile. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, there's there's a lot of like best practices that are assumed and that people just do because that's how they were taught and uh you know kind of becomes almost like a superstition of I always mm-hmm. prime my model and then I always varnish my model um and you got to use tester's dull coat that's the that's the stuff. I mean that's that's what I would recommend personally. Hester's lusterless flat. That's where it's at. Yeah, I ordered some of that, and you know, it came in, and it's this tiny little can, and it, for like it's seven so bucks. <laughs> yeah. And I think I used it once, but now it, it's like precious. It's, it's like I, I've, yeah. I've got about thirty seconds left of uh, squirt on this. I can't waste it. I, maybe I'll save it for an experiment, yeah. and then and then it'll be done, and I'll throw it in the trash, and won't worry about it or buy it ever again. But. Hopefully, hopefully it doesn't win that test. Right. <laughs> Maybe it will, and that's why they know. They give you such a small amount. Like, you're just going to need it. Sorry. It's at a premium now. Yeah. yeah it could be. Could be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know testers, like, will. one of my memories of testers is those old, you know, little enamel bottles, or you know, the... Mm-hmm. Yeah. The little like little square squarish, glass. squarish glass mm-hmm. paints that used to be like ninety nine cents or something. They're, they're oil based enamelish paints, and also in that display rack at the store, they sell paint thinner in that same tiny little square bottle. And <laughs> yeah, they so it's like 
half an ounce of paint thinner for the same price as the paint. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, testers, man, they've they've got it down. <laughs> it's been working for them for forty five years, and they're not going to change now. Yeah, it's been a long time for them. Yeah, I have to read that Wikipedia article someday. But yeah, so I've I've been working on kind of like smaller projects to to keep the YouTube channel going, and actually those testing videos were both launched at uh, one out of ten. It's like they both hey. did. I'd, I'd stacked the deck to be fair with the, with the previous ten on <laughs> right. the channel, but <laughs> just uh, posted anything. It would have been yeah. good. Yeah. Um. You know, talking. Uh, to give the... yourself more credit than that. Come on now. They were good. <laughs> We'll talk to the Paint Bravely fans here, and I'm just letting you know that for like the next couple, until you see that Slaves to Darkness army, I'm just phoning in all the videos on Goobertown Hobbies. So right. keep that in mind. Until you see that Slaves to Darkness army, not even worth clicking. I'm just, I'm telling you right now, I'm doing the <laughs> easiest, quickest videos oh, no, I can. No. And uh... no. don't even start. That's ridiculous. Uh, no, this the last video you the, that went up today, as we're, we are recording this, so you can go watch this right now, is Brent in a blue tank top with his hair down, moving Sisters of Battle around a Monopoly board for 15 minutes, and it's great. Like, some of the better time lapses that you've done, too. That wasn't a time lapse. That was my camera recording in 4K for three hours. That was just a... Oh, I know. Okay, that was just 100 gigabytes of video yeah. yeah okay just sped up video I and mean, it's still yeah. time lapse it's not you know picture time lapse yeah. or whatever but i did i did also take a picture time lapse of that but you get you i get a little bit of flicker in my my picture my yeah. photograph time lapses and uh in this case the the sped up video was just so good that yeah, yeah just just didn't even bother with that one but all right, we're let's get some alternation going here, Casey. What are what are you up to? What's new with you? Well, I had to get uh, I had to get a new compressor, mm. and uh, had to like emergency order a bunch of resin because I was in the middle of a project last week, and like just a bunch of weird crap just went wrong. Um, yeah, like my compressor broke like halfway through and I was just about to start painting a bunch of these dudes. And it's like, I got 80 blood letters on my table that I'm supposed to get done for this video. You know, it's like, okay, you know, impressive number of models, like do some cool stuff with that. And I had to pivot like last minute into basically making some other entirely other type of video that I would normally make. So it was an interesting week. But your plan was to actually, paint 80 blood letters and make a video in the space of a week right like that was oh 100 percent, yeah it's totally doable if you had an airbrush that would have been doable correct (laughs) and my compressor broke like right when i was finishing um priming everything and it was like everything was ready to go and i was just gonna go for it and then it just like the the piston locked up uh you know i tried to let it cooled down and nothing worked you know hit it a little bit whatever <laughs> i i don't know it's just messed up so yeah I, I really enjoyed the shot of you just like going out to the curb and chucking that in your uh <laughs> was it you recycling or you trash i don't know the color schemes it was a, it was a trash can it was a trash area. uh yeah the blue for recycling and the regular green okay for uh trash okay 
Yeah, a lot of people seem to get that confused in the comments and and were telling me that well, this is ridiculous. Why would you why would you try and recycle that? And it's like I'm I'm not. I feel like in some um, municipalities the green could be the recycling. Yeah. I, it's probable, yeah. but yeah. not not where I live. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Threw it in the trash can. <laughs> like where else am I supposed to put it? It's garbage. <laughs> like I don't know. I can bring it to the metal place. They could melt it down and give me like 50 cents for it or something, but like, it'll get there anyways. I think in all of your videos, you should now show you disposing anything that you're done with. You're, you're done with your nasty old paint stripper. Uh, LA is totally awesome. Right. They need Just to see you like pour that in your backyard or <laughs> right. <laughs> They need to see you like go to go to your fence in the backyard and like pour it into your neighbor's yard like that <laughs> where the dog is standing on the other side of the fence. <laughs> yeah. Or or at least they need to see you just pour that, you know, down the drain or whatever. Like you need to show yeah. um anytime you like change out a battery in something, I need you to like throw that in the trash or in your neighbor's backyard like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man! No, I, was, like, I was watching that video today, and you know, I saw that comment pop up of, or, or the first comment pop up that's uh, mm -hmm. that is not recyclable, and I was just like, "Ooh, a new, yeah. a new classification of comment, a new, <laughs> yeah, this is gonna be a gold mine, isn't it?" Yeah. Well, it, it's like I feel like it's because that's one of the things that I didn't say, considering this. This video was, it was essentially a skit, like an interrogation skit between my uh, nerdy alter ego, which technically represents the comment section in most cases. Um, but I didn't mention the fact that I didn't dispose of that properly. So, of course, that was the end for most people, right? <laughs> yeah, your your nerdy alter ego preempts, like, the the comments that you are expecting. It is right. it is the way to say like yeah I know stop typing start typing something else, and uh, and you're right you're right they they made it that far <laughs> into the video without typing like you're doing something wrong or questioning your behavior in some way and uh, mm -hmm. it it was a really funny shot of you just chucking a fairly heavy compressor <laughs> into a big trash bin so. I mean, it was satisfying. Like, I, I, oh, I was pretty much fed up at that, at that point. Oh, yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> oh man, you know what's you know what's kind of scary though. Someone did find out where I lived. Yeah, based on that video. Based on that video, but some very like they live here also. Okay, so I figure that's why they know. Um, but yeah, still. I, I mean, there are like best practices about uh, not showing shots of your vehicle parked in your driveway next to like sure. possibly recognizable landmarks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> usually I'm pointing it pretty away from it. I don't know. Like it was enough, I guess. Yeah. To get the general, they didn't they didn't get the exact area. I think it was just the general location, but you know still kind of weird yeah yeah i don't know internet safety man yeah. so so i was thinking about this um as as we do start to be more and more known on the internet and as you know people do take issue with 
whether you recycle or don't recycle or whether you upcycle or you know whether you're able to repair that locked piston and and get that thing back into operation um you, you know swatting uh starts to become like a, a distant uh outside possibility you know and um mm -hmm. so you know, I'm, I'm always thinking about uh you know solutions to problems and yeah you know, i like to problem solve so okay what what do you put as a sign on your all right yeah so you're on the internet a lot you're, you're you're starting fights on twitter what have you you start to be like okay there's there's an outside possibility that someone might swap me someday like you, you, people are weird you know what do you put as a sign on your door to tell the SWAT team in the in the second before they bust down your door that maybe this is a trick like 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 i'm thinking like a sign that says like uh semi-known internet personality lives here if you are a SWAT team like please be careful <laughs> like be like extra careful like, on the SWAT raid <laughs> right uh, like it's fine don't break my crap yeah but but then <laughs> it's a good uh question but then now i'm thinking like well just just anyone who actually was up to some illegal shenanigans and might be like swatted for the correct re or you know might have a swat team called on them for the correct reasons they would just put that sign up you know i mean yes but that's the thing like any any legitimate swat team is not going to read that sign before bashing your door down <laughs> if it's big and neon enough i mean the the human brain can't oh, yeah you, yeah you, know, you put that uh so how big do you signpost it because then you're talking about passerbyers yeah, you get passerbys, and you also just get every delivery person, uh, every neighbor right, coming right. over with a little bit of holiday candy. Uh, <laughs> you get your trick-or-treaters. You get... Uh... What's this sad about, Mr. Brett? I just brought you some cookies. What, what you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And at that point, uh, you get a neighbor kid to swat you. So, so you know, I've, I've exactly. kind of concluded that... Uh, that that's just a bad idea, but but what if there was the perfect sign, you know? Just uh No soliciting is the best I got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should get some of those anyway, yeah. Okay. You should. That's that's they're very useful. Look, we'll... Um I did go back in the YouTube editor and blur out anything that could possibly lead to anyone else recognizing it now okay. a couple other people have and i i slightly do this on purpose right like i try not to take too much video around any street signs or anything that that's actually close to my house right right so it's more like oh you you kind of know the general vicinity of the area that i'm in within 20 or 30 miles right, right? so in this video like, we see casey get into his sweet van and i don't i personally have not seen an image of your van before so I saw that and I was like, oh, one other time. I know, I know, uh, oh, yeah. you know, Mr. and Mrs. Casey are expecting their second child soon. And it makes sense that he would have a van, but that is a sweet van. That's not a minivan. That's a, it's a man's no, van. It's a sweet van. Yeah. It's got a sweet bed in it. Fold down. Like you push a button and the, the whole back seat folds into a bed. It's got LEDs lining the whole thing on the inside. Two stereos. Got two stereos. We should have. And a TV. Instead of putting your license plate in the video, you should have put that in the video. 
<laughs> I mean, I've been planning on this for a while. Um, to I was I was gonna get in contact with. There's a couple of companies that make travel cases for painters, right? Okay, yeah. And I had this idea where okay. Let's do a shootout of a couple of travel cases. I'm going to load them both up or, or however many I can get, you know, from some companies. Um, take my van and go somewhere nifty, right? I have excuses to use my drone. Uh, do some hobby in some eclectic location and put these travel cases to the test. And, of course, I would feature my van because it's sweet. Video will be done someday. I'm gonna get there. That sounds good. The goal. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say this is gonna be like your lazy video of your your I need to get a video out this week. Uh check out my sweet van. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. You guys haven't seen these LEDs light up yet, have you? No, check it now. Green. Check it yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> um oh, oh, but of course you're gonna try to uh resurrect the hobby on vacation video and Casey listen I was uh yeah (laughs) I was uh checking out your channel really recently so uh I should talk about this next you had a a very popular video uh release last week Mm -hmm. as we're recording this right now yes and I was checking out your your channel and it was like you know which what your most popular videos are and very quickly, the the video you just released uh, skyrocketed to your second best ever video, and yeah, yeah. Um, but then I was looking your canoe video, shall we say? Uh, your you know take inspiration yep. uh, while you're on vacation video was your least uh-huh. viewed video out of your entire collection. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like even you know it's stupid too. It's it's like it's a well done video, okay. <laughs> Like, it's nicely done. And, like, my first video ever, which is a pile of garbage that I should delete from the channel. Like, not worth watching has, like, triple the amount of views as that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I don't know. It's it's almost more of, like, th- there's that challenge there now, right? Because, like, that, that particular video has, like, 2,000 views on it, which makes no sense. We should... We should have like an ongoing challenge to make a video titled How to Hobby on Vacation and get right. it not to be a 10 out of 10 video. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's a good challenge. A thumbnail, a thumbnail that's just your van all lit up and then maybe like, uh, you know, throw a, well, should we just say a table war case in the foreground or, or whatever it is? I don't know what it is, you know, but, yeah. uh, I, so I need to climb a mountain, is what you're saying, or drive to the top of a mountain. I, I don't know. I don't know. Set up your, a table. your challenge is to make a video with the title "How to Hobby on Vacation" and not have it be a stinker. And this could be like a fun, ongoing. I mean, this, uh-huh. you know, a mountain. This is our Mount Everest. Like this is. I mean, it kind of is because <laughs> it's it's essentially impossible, right? Like you could die. theoretically possible though yeah i mean i'll do it if you do it like we'll pick a time sometime maybe you know in the summer something we'll release at the same time on the same day Mm -hmm. we'll Mm -hmm. we'll give it a shot okay but it has to be after we're like we can go on vacation again 
that's that's what I mean. Like we're, we'll wait till later in in twenty twenty one. You know, we'll be all vaccinated, ready to go. Looking forward to it. All right. All right. Talk about talk about your awesome video. That 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 actually is like a a big update here. Um, yeah, it's kind of out of nowhere a little bit, which I suppose most videos like that tend to do. Right now, it's just under a hundred ninety thousand views, which is a lot. It's a lot for most hobby videos, and it's certainly a lot for me. Uh, that's that's a huge number. So, I honestly, like, the video in itself, like, when I made it, I thought, okay, this is, this is a pretty good video. You know, I, I was putting together a, a, a Bloodthirster, one of those, like, big corn demons, right? Um, but it's an old pewter one, and it was, like, missing its wings, and it was all jacked up. So, you know, I, I clean the thing, I pin it all together, do some milliput sculpting, and I print out some wings in my 3D printer, put it all together, and, like, I paint it, you know, not overly good just tabletop I, and I you know I made a point of it it's like it's a tabletop model like I want I want to play with it so whatever it's fine um but the thumbnail and the title that that came to me in a dream <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it's basically a dude that isn't me although a lot of people think it is me throwing up in a bucket and it just has the warhammer logos right next to him right but it's the um, the bucket it, is this really nice shade of green. You've got it on a white background, and the guy who is not you is wearing a shirt that I'm sure that you own, and uh, yeah, like the top of his head could look like the top of your head. I don't know. Yeah, same color hair, same kind of like <laughs> hairstyle ish. It, it, a lot of people thought it was me. Like you look at the hands, it's not. It's just not. Okay. So whatever. It's all right. Yeah. Is beside the point. It was a stock photo. Yeah. (laughs) Was it like the worst Warhammer army I've ever seen or something? Yeah. Yep. The worst Warhammer army I've ever seen. And that is not a lie. It's not technically clickbait. Like, I bought this army, um, which I thought I bought it for $100. I went back in my eBay history. I bought it for $85. Like, I I paid nothing for this army. And there's like almost 3,000 points in it. And it's like... Somebody started to paint it, they got fed up with it, they stripped it, only they did a pretty bad job at stripping it. So most of the paint is like gooped together, and it's just this amalgamation of paint on plastic, and it's like all the details are obscured, it looks like crap. Like, I got a lot of crappy comments about like, well that's that's rude, you're being stupid, because... You know, some people can't paint as good as you. And it's like, you, you don't understand. Like, look yeah. look at the video. Watch the disgustingness. Whatever. But it, it was bad. Yeah. Yeah, that helps a lot that they tried to strip it. Uh, because you, yes. you're not just saying, look how bad this paint job is. Look how bad. Yeah. <laughs> look. Presumably the paint job was fine before they stripped it. But, uh yeah, and I, who, I assume it was probably fine. Yeah, they, uh-huh. they found a way to get all of the paint from the models deep into the details and just stay there. Yeah. yeah. But you know how well, to and deal if you, with that. If you leave a model in a solution for long enough, the paint does get kind of gooey. And if you just don't bother scrubbing it off and you pull it out to dry, 
well, the paint's going to redry and it's going to be weird. And that's basically what they did. And even in the listing, it was like, this is, this is a half stripped project. Like, I don't want to do it anymore. Take it. Somebody take it. So it's like, yeah, I don't feel bad for saying that it's the worst thing I've ever seen because they knew it and I know it. <laughs> Someday we're going to have to compare like the, the weird materials that come out of our stripping jars. Right. <laughs> this is this is a, like a full series of, of podcast episodes here, but there's the there's, call, there, yeah. there's the white crusties, and you got your your <laughs> weird rubbery things, and you got your mm-hmm. we'll save that one for later, but I, I think yeah. both of us are getting to recognize a lot of those things and maybe we can put our expertise together and really get to the bottom of it. I like it. You know, that should that should just be an episode of stripping Stripping miniatures. That's a video I've been waiting to do for a while. Of like, here's the the primer on just stripping models. Mm-hmm. You know, not scientifically speaking, like like you did, but <laughs> you know, just the things that I know work for what I do. Yeah, absolutely. I swear, I swear. There's there's a comment every every week about it. Yeah, yeah, it is a very useful skill, and it helps you to paint bravely too. If you know you can always go back and strip a model if you. If you really were too brave and uh, yeah. yeah, more brave than you were skillful, and you just really, really it messed it up, it so to say, totally happens. Yeah. <laughs> I've done it many times, <laughs> like even during I I've done it a couple times now, filming a video, like got halfway through, halfway through the week, and I'm like, this is gonna make a dumb video, <laughs> and I chucked it into the sonic cleaner and started over. <laughs> Very good. Very good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it worked out. Yeah. And you've got a ton of footage now of just mini stripping in that thing. So that'll be yeah. that'll be a lazy episode for you to put together, but I, yeah, I can pretty much just draw on literally every episode I've already made and just pull footage from each one. Yeah. So <laughs> the um the the save that you did for your video this week of, you know, you didn't have your compressor or enough 3d printer resin to make your 80 bloodthirsters, but you, I don't know, painted 10 of them instead. And then just made a whole skit about like inquisitor Casey yelling at regular Casey. And pretty much. Yeah. I, I seriously caught this on like the third time I was on this video, but you cut your hair for one of those characters for your regular Casey so, character. Yeah. So here, here's how this went down, right? Like I was almost done making it and I was like, Oh, this would be a, a really funny intro. You know, and I can have myself on screen with myself cause I know how to do that. It's, it's not super difficult. Um, you know, and then I was like, what if, what if I shaved right in the middle? And I was like, you know, I could use a haircut too. My wife's like, you should go get a haircut. So good. Yeah. So I, I shaved and got a haircut after shooting half of that, all of the dialogue for one character, went, took care of everything, came back, and then did the other half of it. So, so good. the two characters look completely different. Yeah, yeah. I, I did not notice that on first pass, but then I looked at it like, wow, that's, that's really good because um, you must have had it scripted out reasonably well because it looks like the characters were responding two reasonable mm-hmm. sentences. <laughs> yeah. I, once I knew that, um, I was pretty much screwed as far as like painting anymore. Um, 
I just went and started writing a script and just went for it, you know? Um, so it was easy enough to, to just have it set up to where I could just read. Cause I have a teleprompter that's I'm reading off of. So it's all in there. I can see the other lines and just go back and forth and kind of react how I would, I suppose. Real good. Real good. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, let's see. Alternating. So you knocked over. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, where, that's what I was going to get to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was just saying I've, I'm working on a couple of bigger projects here, but uh, in the last week or so, uh, some tabletop world uh, buildings came in the mail for me. And so those Sweet. came from Croatia and they've been, I don't know, sitting in customs for a while, but they, they got here and this is the same type of like medieval village terrain that I did with uh, old Neil Real Terrain Hobbies last year. And so it's just really nice resin fantasy buildings. And yeah, uh, yeah so, so I spent the last couple of days working on some, some prototype schemes. And I'm really going for like the World of Warcraft or you know, Warcraft 2 kind of look of uh, mm -hmm. what faction you are is the color of your roof, basically. Right. Um, I don't know, that's a, that's a style I really like on all my stuff of, I, I love the idea of you can just like swap out the color of a roof or the pauldron on a orc grunt or, you know, the, the pauldron on their, your human footman or whatever. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden you just have a completely different scheme. It still looks good. And, uh, yeah, like like I I love like a StarCraft game with eight players, and there are eight different different accent colors for the eight players. <laughs> Just in terms yeah. of thinking about paint schemes, and it's you know the sometimes like the teal doesn't look quite right or whatever, but normally most of the colors look pretty good, um, which is which yeah. is kind of cool that like the the color scheme like sticks together when you're switching mm -hmm. out one of the major accent colors to eight different things, eight completely different things. Um, but anyway, back on topic here, I've, I've got three of the buildings I'm working on right now, and I'm just trying to decide what my roof color is. So I've got three buildings, one's red roof, one's green roof, and one's blue roof right now. And Yellow. man, I, I actually loaded up World of Warcraft today, and I just flew around <laughs> Stormwind. And so the the main city for like the alliance in World of Warcraft is, is Stormwind, and it's got like different zones of the city. You got your mages quarter and your trade quarter, and hold on, can I keep doing mm -hmm. them? Uh, Old Town, Dwarven <laughs> Citadel. I don't know, um, but like the say, different, I don't know, like the different uh, quarters of the city have different roof colors. And so yeah, yeah. I actually like went around the city and was like, okay, how did they color these buildings? And so I, mm -hmm. I may end up doing the, my thumbnail title thing of like, you know, painting buildings in the style of, of World of Warcraft or something. But, um, it, so it's actually something useful to painting is that I did go and look at the windows. So... Mm -hmm. You know, painting will... Yeah, they're, they're, like, cartoony in there. Yeah, oh. I mean, they're cartoony, but it, it's also this question of if you have a window or, you know, 
plane of glass or cockpit or whatever that it's just a solid piece of plastic or resin or whatever how do you mm -hmm. how do you paint that um you know some gw kits have the clear piece of plastic which you're gonna fog up with super glue and it's not gonna work it's gonna look yeah, I bad hate, i hate those <laughs> i hate those prime it with like everything they annoy else. me so much do, yes yeah, do they? prime it with everything else yeah it's like i don't know it's it's this whole extra thing and it's like it's like car guys and and you know other other scale modelers do that and that's like in their realm yeah and i feel like gw is just like yeah you know we're we're part of the club we're cool you know we can have fancy windows and stuff and it's like no i don't want that i don't know I just, I never liked the aesthetic, but continue. Yeah, so I've I've never gotten clear plastic to look good on anything either. And it is a situation where you are either going to get some plastic glue on it and melt it and make it look even dumber than before, or you are <laughs> going to fog it up with super glue and make it look mm -hmm. dumber than before. So you get one shot at it, and after that, like... <laughs> Yeah. And and that's not like, something that you can strip off. Like anymore. that's a mistake that stays with you and then you decide whether or not you're just buying a new model car or whether you're <laughs> right. Um or I'm gonna model this car with like a two by four sticking through the windshield because uh yeah, I don't know. This That seems this to be the best option. This is not yeah. gonna look just, pristine. Just cut yeah. cut some holes in it and or you know, do some bullet holes and stuff, and that generally takes care of your fogged windows because that's what will inevitably happen. Yeah. And then so your weekend's over it... and you just throw that thing in the trash and uh, go back to work on Monday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So, so World of Warcraft windows. Um, yeah. I was looking around and in Stormwind, they are mostly yellow. And so this mm -hmm. is this is another video idea I was thinking about of like exporting a character model from World of Warcraft and printing it on a 3D printer and everything. But Ooh. and yeah, give it a shot. That's a maybe I shouldn't say that on air. Matt, Matt, cut this. Up. No, 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 it's, it's fine. Um, <laughs> like, uh, but I I gave this some thought and fine. and I did actually you know get some character models from World of Warcraft and look at them in an uh, you know STL viewer and think about printing them. But that game was released in 2004, and there are not a lot of polygons on anything. And so, no. you know, you think about how much detail you can get out of a resin 3D printer. Well, almost all of the detail in a model from an older video game is just the, like, the colors. Skin. Yeah, the skin of on, mm. on top of the polygons. And so they do a lot in terms of the texture of the the stone and the wood and mm. you know in in a mini you might have textured stone and wood but in one of these games it's just going to be flat surfaces with you know stones drawn on it or whatever and i mean that's that's world of warcraft in a nutshell that's why it still sure, holds up sure. right? and, and it looks good and it looks good like mm. uh the those textures are nice uh and on the windows, most of them they chose to have, like, look as if there is a yellow light coming out of the windows. And so mm -hmm. it's yellow, but with kind of like a little bit of shading and shadows of like a brownie red. And uh, coincidentally, that's actually very similar to what Neil and I did a year ago when we were painting his tabletop world buildings was 
we painted all the windows ochre and then we used a uh, reichland flesh shade to kind of make some yeah some shading of kind of reddish brown and it looks good and you know i just by memory i could not remember how they painted the the windows in world of warcraft so i got in there and looked around um and then they have a couple like some of the buildings have a couple of windows that just like there's nobody in that room right now so it's gray but um, right i love how your your uh your research goes so far beyond google image searching oh yeah as to like yeah, yeah. actually loading up the game getting into your battle.net account that you probably haven't touched in years you know ha- having to do that like extra passcode and just then installing world months, of warcraft but yeah okay yeah just saying <laughs> it's probably been a minute <laughs> and then and then loading the game and being like all right I start a new character. <laughs> like, oh, gotta get out of the city first. Gotta gotta do those quick quests. Uh, I gotta go outside now. Okay. It didn't quite get now, there. It didn't quite get now. there. Uh, but but I was thinking about um, you know if this was going to go into a video like okay where do I want to get my screen grabs like maybe get OBS loaded up or start recording oh, yeah. a little bit of this. And I didn't I didn't hit the record button yet, but I probably will soon. And then you know, mm-hmm. I've got a couple of old characters on there, and I was thinking, like, okay, which of these do I want? I think it's going to be Nan. If you, if you do that, if you do that, you let me know, and I will, I will ride <laughs> right next to you for those screen grabs. <laughs> I mean, most of them are just going to be in Stormwind. Stormwind has like five different colored buildings, like right. Um, but no, I, <laughs> I, I was like hilarious. Like I'm, I'm trying to think about it, but like I know a lot of the other zones like you just go to a different place in the world of warcraft and like the the towns that they have there they use the same uh buildings in all the towns Mm -hmm. like they have the same inn model and they say have the same like forge model and they just again they just change the color of the roof like if you go to red red ridge mountains the town that they have there in lakeshire that's red roofs and you know you got your (laughs) gold chire it's blue roofs and man i just love it so much anyway i've i've now painted most of three buildings and i've got red and blue and green as roof colors and i am trying to decide whether i'm going to just pick one color for my whole little village here or whether it's just Mm going to be all the different colors or whether just every building is going to be different and i i know what i'm going to do but (laughs) Thinking about it in terms of, of like what I imagine these buildings are going to be used for, you know, like whether you're playing Age of Sigmar or they're on display with a bunch of your models, it seems to me that most of these would be inhabiting the town of Goobertown, which is a slight offshoot of some kind of World of Warcraft like aesthetic, right? Like that's just, that's how it feels. It's like I get that feel. Yeah, you know? uh, building Goober Town or painting Goober Town or I made Goober Town was definitely an idea for a video title. So yeah, you're right, Casey. Um, <laughs> and, and I think that you know, for for my purposes, you know, taking nice looking pictures and having them look good in a thumbnail is a valid consideration. Um, or picking a background building that will go with a particular army that will offset a mm-hmm. particular army nicely. So it would actually be very useful for me to just have a variety of different roof colors. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, 
but if i did if i find like that shade of teal that's just making it all come together it actually wouldn't be that hard just to change the color of the roof uh on you know 10 buildings they're modular right you can you can yeah. pop the yeah. roof right off be a little bit <laughs> careful of some of the stonework but yeah it's 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 doable um anyway in, in terms of painting bravely i actually did have a point here other than just like finding fun color schemes but these buildings so it's it's stonework and some of them have plaster work or like stucco as well and mm -hmm. in between the or kind of throughout our framing timbers support timbers and i was able to get myself to paint those with an airbrush and i'm really Yay. proud of myself for that i know Yay. i know that's the kind of stuff you do constantly <laughs> but it was a no but that's it's a hard thing to like force yourself to do yeah you know so that's awesome so i've got a, a badger chrome i think it's i don't know if i have the 0.2 or the 0.3 uh, millimeter needle in there right mm -hmm. now but it's it's small it's small and i loaded up with uh steinal res and it did not jam up on me and i was able to just like put that airbrush real close to the building and just trace along those timbers that are running through everything and i got a little bit of overspray onto the adjacent gray rock in some places but actually i, <laughs> I want a little bit of gray into the rocks anyway and so after the various other steps in the paint job it doesn't even matter um yeah. so this 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 is a big moment for me. I should have mentioned this much earlier in the episode, but uh, <laughs> g getting the confidence to do smaller and smaller details on minis or terrain or whatever it is with a, with an airbrush, I'm yeah. pretty happy about that. Yeah. I mean that's that's really great. Yeah. Thanks, Casey. Thanks, Casey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got that. If you do have the Chrome with the point two uh, millimeter nozzle. Like that certainly helps. Oh yeah, you know even even the point three, like that's pretty good because most of the time when you when you have like a, I don't want to say a starter airbrush, but when you buy your first airbrush, you're most likely going to be point four point five. You know that's a pretty wide cone, and doing that kind of detail can be difficult. So, you know that chrome is a pretty good example of something that you can vary, you know, and not have to buy more than one airbrush. Um, that's that's cool, man. Like getting in there, painting bravely. I love it. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right, back to you. Give us give us an update, Casey. Okay. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, nobody so far. No one has guessed the name of my unborn child. Um, there've been a couple of pretty close guesses, like similar or the same writer, different universe kind of thing. So, just leaving that out there. Man, the pressure's on now. I'll, I'll get it wrong. No, not now. Not now. <laughs> I'll, I'll be ready for next episode. Don't you... Right. But... Speaking of which, uh, the next episode will be in the year 2021, which is pretty nuts. Like, we are, we are finally getting over that hump. Yeah. And it, fe it feels good. It really does. Yeah, so this is episode 21, but the first episode yes. of 2021 will be episode 2020, or 22 of Paint Bravely right, podcast, and I've got a good feeling about that podcast. Yeah. Although we're going to record be, it in 2020. 
It's a good point. Look, by by Paint Bravely, the podcast episode 23. Um, <laughs> I got a real good feeling. All 2021 All 2021 from there on out. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't really have any other updates. I mean, I'm still working on this ridiculous corn army. Uh, painted a bunch more blood letters today, and I'm working on some blood crushers because I got 12 of them in the auction, which is a pretty hefty number of blood crushers. Okay, so yeah. this episode is going to come out the day after your next YouTube episode. So does which will so so everyone will know whether or not you painted a lot of blood crushers is that what i'm hearing <laughs> yeah okay. i i will only be painting i think two blood crushers for the video okay i'm trying to take it easy in this month like weirdly enough i'm trying to actually take it easy in the month of december yeah, <laughs> like you're, you're either like gonna YouTube paint is not uh, letting me. <laughs> 80 models or two one of those yeah, exactly yeah I did. I did paint more blood letters though, like to try and start chipping away at that because I have to get them done. Like that's just how it's gonna be. Did you just abandon that video? You're not gonna make a video of painting eighty of them. You're just gonna just quietly in the background get them all done. You've already uh, tossed so that the, the towel. So the final the final video where the army is gonna be done and uh, it's gonna go up for sale, right? That's probably when I'll drop the footage of the rest of that being painted. I've got one more Bloodthirster, uh, different old metal sculpt, still in kind of a similar position as the, the other one. Um, you know, kind of showcase the army, showcase all the crap that I had to do to actually finish it, and then it'll be done. But that will, weirdly, I think that will make me have painted like three armies, three full armies this year. Wow, that's really good. We're going to have to do a uh, 2020 retrospective here. That would be this episode, technically. Well, whatever. If we All were, right, you're we going to paint three artists this year. I've uh, I, painted like, myself uh, as a Yeti, and uh, I'm just learning to paint bravely. I, it's, been, it's been a year. It's been a year, yeah. Yeah, it has been a year. I mean, I feel pretty good, like, for the amount of crap that I've painted. Um yeah. Like, it's kind of amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I've kept, like, 10% of it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. you, you know, maybe maybe some of the good stuff, some of the stuff you really like, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I a little bit kind of want to keep this corn army, just because, like, uh, after putting it together in, like, a War Scroll Builder, it seemed kind of fun. <laughs> like to push around a whole bunch of demons and, and they all kind of synergize together and it just sounded fun. Maybe you but, should, uh, maybe you should like get, uh, at least one game in before you sell anything, you know, uh, yeah. a little bit hard right now, but well, and that's, new, that's new part of it. there, there yeah. have been the suggestions of like, Hey, you know, why don't you just do a quick bat battle report and then sell it off? Yeah. My understanding like, is that yeah. battle reports are not easy to do or quick. Right. Uh, yeah, I've heard Just, that. <laughs> you can you can play a game for fun and take a, like a couple of cell phone pictures as like a quick Instagram or just real quick throw in at the end of a a painting video. But yeah, like, um, Lachlan at Zorpazorp Gaming was saying that he spent he said he spent two hundred hours yeah. editing his last like two hour battle report, yeah. which seems like <laughs> I don't watch battle reports really, but. Uh... <laughs> 
But I think I mean, that's I like a lot depends. of like quick cuts to like dice rolling mm-hmm. and like you know lots of cool shots of the the battlefield, various states, and that's a I, lot. I think it depends on how you want to film your battle reports because you can film them epically and make them look really cool. Um, like guy over at Midwinter, Midwinter Minis has been filming them to look really cool, right? It's an awful lot of work, I'm sure. But like a lot of the dudes, uh, about rerolling ones, um, you know, all the other guys, right? Well, they've got like, their system, they, yeah. Yeah, they've got like a camera. They hold it. It's got a mic. They roll. They just kind of point it at the stuff they're doing. That seems to work out pretty well. Yeah. Um. So that that seems a little easier, but it doesn't look as good. <laughs> so I can definitely see like uh yeah hundred two hundred hours. Or like static cameras that are in focus at like f 1.4 <laughs> yeah that's the thing like is if it takes longer to to make a battle report video than it takes to paint your corn army yeah right look we'll, we'll think I'm, about i it. don't we'll even know how many it. hours i have into this yet yeah it's it's not going to be a lot like i think mo- a majority of it's going to be the cleanup mm-hmm. there's i'm still cleaning stuff up like i still have a pile of models that i haven't even touched yet so I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Um, okay. I've got another topic here. Uh, there uh-huh. was a movie released, uh, I think about a week ago now, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, Mini Wargaming the movie. So this is like a, an actual documentary about the hobby of mini wargaming. Yeah. Like proper. Yeah. Proper. Like it's, uh, yeah, you got your voiceovers, you got your interviews with, actually important people like the good cameras yeah good cameras good light well uh, the lighting in, in some places was just like outdoors in in britain while it was raining so but but like it was uh, ambient <laughs> right. lighting i don't know uh, mood lighting <laughs> sure yeah um but but not your average cell phone camera right lighting type situation yeah it is done well yeah 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 so but to my knowledge, this is the first like real documentary other than Dwarven Knots or the the Dwarven Forge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Dwarven Knot the movie. Yeah, yeah, Dwarven Knot. Yeah, so there was um maybe maybe five years ago there was a documentary about Dwarven Forge, the the terrain company, the like D and D terrain company, and I think it was basically just following the the creator around as they were doing like their second or third Kickstarter or something. And so mm-hmm. the, the narrative of that documentary was like, uh, we, we got to get the money for the Kickstarter to yeah. fund, which, you know, five years later, if you've already had a Kickstarter successfully fund in the past, like you're going to be fine. It's not a challenge. You're going to purposely have it funded in the first two hours so that you can say it was funded in the first two hours. Like it's right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but exactly. but at the time it was like, you know, they've they've got a month to drum up the money or else they're not going to be able to make this terrain, which they've already made. You know, yeah. uh, they they even made it more like or else the company will fail and not yeah. be a thing anymore. And this creative dude. Right. Won't have anything to do. <laughs> right. So that's, you know, that's what documentaries do is is they make a give it a narrative. They give it a story. Um, they inject some drama. So, you know, over the course of an hour and a half or two hours or whatever it is, they, they try to teach you something about that 
that little subculture while also giving you a, a couple of characters to, to follow around and, and root for. And the, I mean, the Dwarven Forge guy, the, the, the creator there, he's, he's a goober. Like he's a character. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so they, you know, follow him around and he's just being like super nerdy. Um, but also, you know, you're, you're rooting for the success of this Kickstarter and so that they can sell their new cityscape or whatever. Um, it was compelling. I even went onto their website and ordered a sample pack, and I still have that terrain. It's nice. It's nice. After I saw that movie, yeah. I didn't participate in Kickstarter. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I mean, the movie came out, I'm sure, like a couple of years after that Kickstarter, right? Like, It's probably, yeah. I saw it on Netflix, so I don't even know when the Kickstarter was. But, I mean, they've had several since then. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, that's that seems to be their business model. I mean, like a lot of companies now, just you know, oh, yeah. big Kickstarters to launch a new line, and then they just keep selling mm -hmm. that line afterwards. But, um, so to my knowledge, that was the closest thing to a documentary about you know our hobby, and that was much more D and D focused. Uh, but very much so, yeah. Um, so this video, uh, mini war gaming. Sorry, what was it? Uh, Mini Wargaming, the movie. Um, I bought it on Amazon and watched it there, but it's uh, on a lot of different platforms right now. Mm -hmm. And it is following um, a lot of... It's it's clearly made in the UK, and it's following uh, like four British characters around, but they have kind of spliced in. They have some interviews with uh, big-name people, and I've... I, I always forget the names. There's like five or six names from like original games workshop and they had like more than half of them. You know, you got your, your something Perry, something Jackson's, you got your, uh, they didn't have the Blanche, but like they, you know, right. The, the names that you recognize like, Oh yeah, I think, I think I heard of that as being a name from GW old days. Uh, but they had, they had a, a, a good handful of of those folks talking about the old days and then they had uh kind of four characters that they followed around over the course of uh, i think a couple of years mm. so on amazon like i i was excited about this documentary i went and bought it on amazon and then I, like i was watching it and, and reading the reviews and the reviews at least when i bought it were not good the really no the the like the average yeah. was like it was the average was less than three stars i think when i was first watching it i think it's i think it's yeah, gone up since bummer. then um yeah i left a five star review i think my honest review is a four star um but sure but it's it's like you you give them the extra because that that's content that shouldn't technically exist but we want more i'm of so it. happy it exists um let gordon yeah. in i'll be right back you fill time casey all right well i haven't seen this documentary the documentary pretty we're just gonna go with that um i haven't seen it yet i am looking forward to it i didn't realize it was on amazon so i think probably after we're done with this podcast i will go buy it and just give it a quick watch because i'm not i haven't seen it yet so yeah I, like i watched the trailer I swear it was like a year ago. Uh, somebody tagged me in the trailer. I think they did. Um, and that's all I've, I, I've seen about it. And then all of a sudden, you know, Oh, it's out. It's out everybody. Like, Oh yeah. Well, so much for a marketing campaign. <laughs> like would have been nice to, uh, 
kind of hype that up and maybe talk to some people like, I don't know, Brent or me <laughs> or literally anyone else on YouTube to hype the movie at all. But whatever. It's fine. See how it is. Well, here we are, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, we are talking about it regardless, so I guess. <laughs> no, that's... that's uh... <laughs> Um, the guy actually did email me and I said, you know, I, I don't see how, how I would put it on Goobertown Hobbies, but we'll definitely talk about mm. it here. Like we talk about all kinds of stuff. Oh, on sure. we, we're always looking for something to ramble on about, but yeah. Um, yeah. So they had some really good stuff in the documentary, but then the, the people they followed around over the course of months was a little bit of a bummer for so first off they seem to always film on rainy days and i'm generally yeah, aware that it England, rains a lot in the uk but uh yeah, yeah but it's, it's just par for the course <laughs> but they also just had like shots of like you know rain falling outside of a window and stuff and mm. uh the the people they chose to follow around like their their workshops were all the same like eight by eight dingy cinder block uh like shed uh th there were like right, three yeah. different workshops that they went into and it was all like uh like a poorly lit cinder block shed which looked like they were getting a lot of hobby done in those places but they were mm -hmm. a little, little bit depressing especially with like the rain falling outside yeah um it's weird like i've seen that quite a lot over in the uk for like hobby shops or not hobby shops, but like hobby spaces. Sure. Um, and I don't know, maybe that's just the norm. I mean, uh, you, uh, UK people might have to chime in on that in the comments, but, uh, well, I think in our, I, that, I've seen that quite a lot in our rating system. That would be, you know, a, a four or five star, uh, hobby. Oh, sure. zone. Yeah. You get yeah. your own dedicated depressing cinder block, uh, cube. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's standalone. It's got all your stuff separate. No one's gonna mess with it. As long as you got some power I mean, the, strips. The, yeah. the, exactly. <laughs> but like the rain and stuff. Like I was talking to uh, Ollie at Broadsword Gaming, and like he he's moving to a new space because he was in one of those type of places, and he's like, yeah, it was really nice, you know, having this space and everything. It was pretty big, but anytime it rained or snowed, like it's coming through the roof and the walls. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, that, that doesn't seem good for your your models, you know. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to spoil the the documentary too much here, but they they follow like two small businesses, and mm. uh, you know, you, there there just wasn't a whole lot of an arc. Like they they sold some stuff, mm. but like not a ton of stuff. And pretty standard hobby shop. Yeah. And so People it was, uh, one was a terrain crafter, um, like doing a lot of like, uh, resin bunkers and stuff like that. And then right. the other guy was, uh, like a game designer and the games came with minis. Uh, that storyline was oh, pretty cool. disappointing cause they got like a, what seemed, it wasn't well explained, but they got what seemed to be like a minor IP threat and then just completely Ooh. shut down like the bigger of the two right. games they were working on. Um, it was it was War Axe thirty seven. I don't like yeah War Axe yeah. Whoops. <laughs> War Axe thirty seven thousand yeah. Uh, yeah. But no they so the documentary started I don't know six months before an event and so 
the the storyline was set up we got uh, a couple of small companies and then a couple of gamers and this uh this company is going to go present at salute and this company is going to go to uk games to get games day and these two gamers are going to fly to norway to play in a bolt action tournament and okay it was a little bit depressing because like they they spent six months building up to these three events but then the events themselves ended up being like really underwhelming like um, not your adepticons or your lbos well, no, or your it was, gen cons yeah it was just they like you know the the two people selling stuff kind of had like a smaller booth there and you know the for various reasons they like didn't have all the products they wanted to sell and so like they they're just having like you know an okay day of sales was the yeah. conclusion for for the two small businesses and then the uh the gamers they were bolt action players and it was like two friends and one of them was really competitive and one of them was just kind of along for the ride um so so first off like following a competitive player in terms of like building a narrative out of it if they're if their joy is in winning and you're you're relying on this to be like the crux of your uh your narrative for your documentary they better win uh, <laughs> you hope you hope they win right or at least yeah. do pretty well yeah. but the uh the yeah. sidekick character at least was was like pretty funny it's like i hope i at least like draw a game like uh, that'd be pretty cool so so that was right. good they uh <laughs> they they had like an off-ramp there as long as that guy at least drew a game you know um mm. but anyway they were they were training for a bolt action tournament and so like four months in advance they're writing up lists and they're they're getting their tanks painted and they're playing practice games against each other right so these guys they're they're booking tickets to norway and they're making sure they got their whatever their passports and everything and there's this whole series of shots of them going to the airport and getting on the plane and there's like multiple video shots out the window of the plane and they're landing Mm -hmm. and they're leaving the airport and they're arriving at the game hall and it's just like a small local game club with like 10 people and like five boards playing bolt action. It at a, so just your average weekend. Yeah, no, it was, it was just like they they could have done that uh like 5 kilometers away wherever they lived right, in the UK. Right. Yeah. And I, when they got there I just started cracking up cuz it was just like <laughs> yeah, I feel bad, right? right. It's like I mean, you know, when you're when you're shooting a documentary like that, it's like you, you just roll with the punches, you know, because you're literally documenting someone else's journey. Right. And, the, you know, obviously these two dudes felt like this was a big deal. Or but, or that it was built up to, I mean, if they were flying to Norway, they they probably thought they were doing something cool. Yeah, but it was just a yeah. game club in Norway. And, like, the boards were decent but they weren't anything that you would want to travel for um yeah, there were no uh, geek gaming boards for bolt action <laughs> yeah, i don't know if uh i don't know if luke does a lot of business in norway or not but... i don't know <laughs> i mean they were they're decent boards but um but yeah so so like with the documentary you know the, the he chose four characters to follow and hmm. 
there just wasn't a ton of payoff on any of them and it was raining the whole time and so like towards the end of the movie like all right i see where the negative reviews are coming from i'm still giving this a five-star review sure. because like i'm so happy this I mean, exists and, more uh, yes we, we need more yeah. it, it doesn't even matter it like the fact that someone was willing to take the time to shoot a documentary well like regardless of the outcome of the characters that were shown in that movie like there needs to be more. We need more eyes on this hobby. And I mean, like we we've literally got an entire world of people who play the games that we play, who right. paint models. Right. So there are stories out there. There are those big payoff moments, you know, that, that could be caught on right. film. Right. If they and were, if we, yeah. Yeah. If they were following you and you dropped your video that got a hundred thousand views in two days, you know, like, Right. Boom. You, you throw some music over that. You get a few B, some B roll of you like. Right. You get that little sit, line. Yeah. Poking up slowly. There's, there's the B roll <laughs> of you pretending to get out of bed in the morning, and uh, you know, you you pat your your daughter Alarial on the head, and you you go and sit down with your cup of coffee, and you you check your computer, and it says a hundred thousand views on there, and like you you smile. That's that's you about say, right yeah. though. You turn I to woke the camera up. and you're just like, yeah, this is beyond my wildest dreams. I'm just, I'm so happy that people saw me paint this bloodthirster, you know, like that's right. Right. This, <laughs> this greater demon of corn, I'm sure brought joy to so many people. And that's what it's all about. That's, that's what it's about. Yeah. I mean that, you know what the, the, the saying, right. Is that the, uh, the videos that do the best are the ones that you care about the least. Right. Sure. That's why vacation videos are never going to do well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, w I was not expecting that. I was like, I, I was a hundred percent convinced. I was just like, you know, like this is an all right video. Like, it's got some stuff in it. It's a little slow. It's kind of long, some good bits, some good B roll. I like the music, but that literally was about it. I'm like, all right, my last couple videos were like one out of 10. This, this is for sure. A 10 out of 10. No joke. And, uh, I didn't, I didn't look at my phone until I think like 12 o'clock and the videos go out at like nine. Mm -hmm. Didn't, didn't even think about it. I look at it and there's like, why are there 60,000 views on this, on this video? <laughs> Something is broken. And it's like in the bottom of the, the little thing, it's saying, oh, the live numbers for YouTube are broken. And like, I still get that on my app. It says that they're not correct. So I'm just kind of like, oh, okay, cool. And then it just didn't stop. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, as a as a documentary maker, like you, I don't know, you book like a couple of days to follow Casey around for for a few hours or whatever, and you get a few shots, and maybe maybe Casey released uh, three ten out of ten videos in a row, and you just you, you got to use more of one of the other characters in your documentary to try to have. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I I think, you know, it might actually be something to think about. And I don't know if it's because it's just getting late or what the deal is, but I wouldn't mind taking a handful of uh, miniature painters and just going to one person's like location and basically shooting a mini doc over the week's worth of time it takes to make a video. Like what's the process? What's their process? How is this video going to do? Like what's going behind all of these things? Like, like, 
even the thumbnail. How are you thinking about this? When do you think about this? Do you script this? Is this ad lib? What, whatever the deal is like that in itself could be an easy hour and a half documentary. Oh, sure. That is, is possible to have a really cool payoff at the end. Yeah. Like the, you know? uh, the South park documentary, they make a video every yeah. week. And uh, yeah, that was, that was an awesome documentary. About the, I, uh, what was it? The, the human centipad episode, like, and, and while they're making it, favorites. they're saying this is good. This is going to be our worst one ever. This is going to be oh. so stupid. And like, it wasn't literally great, but, like, so good. That whole season, man, like that's that entire season still gets me every time. <laughs> Starting off with that iTunes user agreement. Like, yeah. So you want to get to our main topic for today? Do we have a main topic today. I think, oh, yeah. we wrote one down. Yeah, you, you yeah, we did. Started off, yeah. So, so uh, 2021 coming, all these things. Adepticon has officially been canceled for this year. That was it. That was our main topic. Um, that's all, that's all I, I got. I, I don't know if any of these folks listen, but uh, thank you for doing this early. I mean, uh, you know, it was pretty clear that this was going to need to be done. Um, we're recording actually like on the day the first vaccines uh, were shot into people's arms in America. Uh, mm-hmm. And so 2022 is definitely uh, looking pretty bright at this point. Um, but yeah. the first part of 2021 is still going to be COVID times, I think. And so uh, Adepticon is like, you know, March 20th or March 25th or, or something like that. And so mm. by that point, eh, not enough people are going to be vaccinated. Realistically, the you know the virus is still going to be be uh, more more nuts than it should be. And yeah, and we don't know what's how many people and how and considering how many people fly in from all over to go to something like Adepticon, like yeah. we don't know how far spread that vaccine's going to be. People yeah. are still going to be getting sick, you know. And you know, I I feel like a lot of events have been canceling at the last minute because i don't know for for like in event insurance reasons or whatever that they they need to like the city needs to decide that they can't have the event so that they get their insurance for their bookings or get their deposits back or or, or whatever it is um sure and I, I have no idea what the arrangements are for adepticon but i was not expecting them to call it three months in advance I was expecting mm-hmm. that it would be kind of as it was for so many events in 2020, kind of like, uh, like wink, right up to the wink, last wink. Minute. Yeah. Right up till the last minute. Um, yeah. like everybody, cause I had, I had a plane ticket already canceled, for mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. 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 Not um, for this year. <laughs> I mean, technically I still do right. like, uh, right. That uh, money is still held up with the airport. Yeah. I need to check on that. Yeah. <laughs> It should be. It should have. It I mean, it be. should be. Yeah, I think when I canceled, <laughs> I got an email like, you probably have credit with us. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that was about right. That's, I think that's the email I got. Delta was like, yeah. We'll see. Once we go bankrupt, yeah. like, yeah, talk to us. You next should year. have yeah. money. <laughs> um, but yeah, last year, like, nobody knew stuff was going to get canceled for COVID. And again, I mean, Adepticon made that call relatively early in 2020 which still meant like two weeks before the event um yeah it was close yeah yeah. and uh this year i'm 
I'm impressed and like kudos to them for making a decision three months out so that nobody or fewer people are like stressing about should I you know hope that I'm vaccinated should I be buying plane tickets um yeah well done on them and uh actually both years now I made a point of uh, scrolling the depths of the Facebook comments so the the place I saw that they made their big announcement was on their Facebook group or whatever a Facebook post mm-hmm. of um, you know <laughs> uh, this seems like it might be a bad idea and also there's probably going to be restrictions in Illinois that prevent us from from doing this and I mean it, yeah. it was well written it was it was uh, good politic but they yeah. well it's not like they want to cancel it you know no no of course like they they, yeah. they wouldn't make a mini convention if they didn't <laughs> right they didn't want that to uh to happen every year but yeah um anyway i trolled like it not trolled i, I wasn't posting any but <laughs> I, I posted one like thanks for letting us know but uh i i scrolled the depths of the comments for both cancelers they both cancel cancelizations of of adepticon and like last year 2020 there were a lot of like uh hoax (laughs) like comments like like uh like don't don't be controlled by the media sort of things and this year i was really impressed uh almost all of them were thanks for letting us know this is the right decision thanks for being responsible thanks for all you do can't wait to see in 2022 and I was yeah. really, really happy to see that. There was one person at the end who got downvoted a lot that said, like, if Illinois won't let you have it, why don't you just move the convention to Wisconsin or Iowa? Uh, because obviously that's doable or a good idea. But you know what? I, I, I won't harp on that one Id- idiot's comment. Like, that's... That... <laughs> but But what I'm saying is, like, of course there was at least one idiot, but there were, like, hundreds of very reasonable and responsible adults saying like um hey i understand but i'm excited for 2022 and uh casey i will see you there in 2022 oh 100 percent. yeah i'm i'm very much looking forward to it of course now there's like a real question of whether like gen con is gonna happen in like Mm. august 1st um i mean i would almost say that they might wait to see yeah that's because it depends on the role wait and see isn't it yeah yeah because if i mean people are getting shots now like in america um there's still a chance that by then it'll be like most people have gotten it there's a chance yeah yeah and i mean i don't know i know the u.s government specifically is is doing it for free i would assume most other governments, it's just like, yes, go to a clinic and get it. You know, I don't know, but I know that in the U.S. it's going to be uh, free. Yeah. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, we'll wait and see on that, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, so that, so that's it. Adepticon canceled, but um, I am glad they didn't let us know early, and I am glad that uh, for once the Facebook comics comment section was uh, reasonable and, and all that stuff. So, yeah, well, it helps that they did it now to just just rip the bandaid off and just be like, look, like there's no reason to to try and make it like get get people's hopes up. I guess. Yeah. You know. V- well done. Very very good. Yeah. Very good. Very nice. Yeah. 
Well, hold you on. Know. We got a comment here. This is from oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Pete. Now we're, now we're the comment M. topic. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. Pete Mopsicle. That's Pete Mopsicle. Did I uh, accidentally drop that in there? Yeah. Oh, I, I did. That. I did. Yeah. Uh, okay. Pete Mopsicle says, thanks for the concern. I'm still alive. Um, He's only ever seen green whippy sticks. Only ever seen green whippy sticks. All right, just delete that. <laughs> so we've actually got a lot of comments here that'd be uh, good for an episode, but we're an hour and a half in, so... Uh, yeah, I think I think we're gonna we're gonna hold off on some of these comments. I think maybe do like one, but yeah, I want to hold off till the till twenty twenty one for sure. Yeah, I I did want to get to one quick one. Uh, H said, "Congrats, Casey and Mrs. Casey." Just just wanted to let everybody know my wife's name is Allie, because I just I just thought that would be relevant. This is news to me too. <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true it kind of is huh <laughs> yeah we should have uh, should have caught that sooner and had you guess my wife's thing too that's interesting oh man that would have been hilarious uh, oh. uh Daenerys hilarious uh... <laughs> no. that now that is surprisingly close to to the name that yeah, just that's all I'll say. Is it Alarial? No. I mean it's not that or any real iteration of that, but it's it sounds kinda like that, so I'm just just saying. Yeah. Gonna have to you give wanna... that one some thought. Yeah, but uh <laughs> uh yes, con- congratulations to this whole happy family that's gonna be riding around in the sweet van. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, there yeah. there was actually one comment we wanted to get to, uh, just to mm-hmm. make sure that everybody's doing okay. Um, okay. Uh, R asks, how can I come to accept my lack of skill? I see painters doing guides or whatever, and the models look super good. So I have to imagine in the back of my head while I paint... Um, but as a complete novice, I just get frustrated that my work is so astronomically low. Uh, in comparison to that, I discourage myself. What's wrong with my brain? So, didn't want to let this one fester for too long. Feared we'd, uh, maybe we yeah. try to tr- address this a little bit. But this is a very reasonable question with mm-hmm. so many awesome, awesome, awesome Instagram accounts and, uh, like, people doing actual good work on YouTube and freaking box art. Uh, what happens when your minis don't look like the box art, and uh, how do you keep that from affecting you in a a really self-destructive, kind of acidic and toxic way? I mean, I think it can be difficult. You know, this, this journey into miniature painting... Like there's just so much that goes into it and the time that, that anybody has to dedicate in order to, you know, even get to the point where you're like pretty happy with what you're putting out, you know, it's, it's a lot. Um, you know, it's not like a lot of other hobbies. Like I can, I can pick up guitar, learn three or four chords and like know a song. Right. Um, but miniature painting just takes a lot of time and effort and, you know, to a point, like, you, you do have to, 
you have to take a step back and realize that like there are a lot of other people in this hobby that have been doing it for a long time. And that just shows like there are some really good painters out there. But just just straight up comparing yourself to anyone else like regardless of how long they've technically been in the hobby for is just going to make you feel bad. Um I think we've all been there. Like I know that that when I started it was the same kind of feeling like, you know, I'm trying really hard and I still suck at this. You know, and it and it wasn't until you know, I took a break and I came back and I was like kind of I like rededicated myself and was like really into it that I kind of got over some of those hurdles that I didn't before because I didn't necessarily have the confidence in myself or I, you know, I would discourage myself by looking at something else and comparing. Um, yeah, it's, it's not, I don't know. Cause he, he says like, how can I come to accept my lack of skill? And that's like, it's not really a lack of skill so much as like, you haven't put in the time necessarily to get to the place where you want to be. And if, if you're looking at something like a golden demon, like, yeah, that might be literally 20 years of time, you know, depending on who you are. So it's not necessarily the lack of skill. You could be a really good painter and still think that. So, okay. Casey wants you to accept that it's a very long road, uh, but you'll get somewhere you want to be eventually. Uh, yeah make it like as long as you continue painting right yeah yeah. um yeah so i I was thinking about this one and i my take on this is that it's uh really important that you find something about your work that you really like and focus on that Mm -hmm. and um find something on the model that you just painted that you can be satisfied with or something that you painted better than you've ever painted before on the model that you just did that you can uh can focus on and um you know uh, appreciate the the small gains and um appreciate those steps towards you know uh <laughs> a goal that yes is is a ways down the road but you know, if you just get like a really smooth base coat on and just like mm-hmm. just appreciate like wow that that blue went down really smooth and I can still see the details on there, but that is a really pretty shade. Um, you know, if you get if you get the base looking good, if the whole model looks like garbage, but uh, no offense to your model that looks like garbage, but if your model looks like garbage, but the base looks really good, and then you you put a nice like uh, crisp black line around or you know black rim on the base and like that at least is looking good yeah 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 yeah. um or just you get like two colors that work really well together and yeah everything's kind of globbed on but uh if you look at it from a distance those two colors look sweet together like you got your orc blood bowl team with the orange shoulder pads and like someday that's gonna look ace you know Mm -hmm. um yeah, I mean it. Uh, you know, for for anything that is a marathon, like learning to paint reasonably well, you 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 got to find a way to enjoy and appreciate the journey. And um, you know, with with anything that I do, I mean, you know, both of us are 
somewhere in the middle of, of our long journey. And uh, mm-hmm. I think on everything I paint, there's there's stuff I like and stuff I don't like. And I do try to focus on the stuff I like. And, you know, along with that, if if you are trying out different techniques and stuff, and most of them just aren't working, if you find a technique that is kind of working for you, focus on that. You know, if, um, if contrast paints, you know, if, if everything's been looking bad, but you've been having a bit of luck with contrast paints, push that a little bit further, you know, buy, buy an extra color or, um, yeah. you know, keep working with that, but uh, try to be a, a little more careful in making sure the, the, the black on the pouch doesn't go over onto the, the brown tabard or whatever it is, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I just say even even in a, a mini that looks nothing like anybody's box art, there's there's still little things that you can be proud of, like little things yeah. that uh, you can really enjoy. Or you know, if we're talking about orcs again, for, forget the paint job. Glue like glue an axe to his arm or something. Like glue like glue on something stupid. Like be proud of of like an idea that you have for this model, you know, the, um, this, you know, glue like a ninja sword onto your, onto your orc or something, or, or you've got a model that has a banner, write something stupid on the banner. Like use a, use a fine point Sharpie and just write like a Tupac on on the banner. I don't know. Like (laughs) just, just, yeah, just some stupid joke, like find something, something that makes you happy. Like I'm, I'm remembering now, like you know, it's all very old memories of of getting together with friends in eighth grade or whatever it was, and everybody's like, "This is this is what I've been working on. This is what I've been working on." And all our stuff was painted badly, but I but I remember like a lot of us of what we were having fun with was like, "Look what I glued to his face!" Like, or I or I cut off most of his hand so that it kind of looks like he's given the middle finger, you know, like just right, yeah. <laughs> um, like there, regardless of skill level, there are uh, like ideas and and projects and quests that you can get sucked into that you can have mm-hmm. some success with. Like uh, even if you're not very good with your scalpel, you can probably cut off enough of the hand so that they're giving the middle finger you know like yeah yeah your friend will get the idea like you they'll they'll see what you tried to do there uh yeah yeah (sighs) we both made videos um last year last january uh it was part of that big collaboration like even james wapple was in on it where we repainted our first mini right are you like looking for it oh um and the, the point of that exercise was to show that a lot of the people that you even watch on YouTube, right? Like even people that I look up to, like we're in a place where yeah, their stuff was, was not good, you know? Um, like that, that's something that, that if you repeat every so many months, like if you have a bunch of models, paint those, save one, you know, and then come back paint that model again and you'll see a, uh, an amount of progress, you know? Um, my first army was a hot pile of garbage. It looks terrible, you know? And I have that, like a bunch of chaos axes and swords attached to Eldar, 
like a bunch of bolt pistols like in their hands. <laughs> um, you know, I, I did cut open a hand and, and repose a dude to look like Neo from the matrix. Cause it was awesome in 1999. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause you should do that. Yeah. And just have fun with it. And, and it might not look great, but it's fun. Yeah, there there is always something fun you can do that'll that will develop your skills, whether you realize that's what's happening or not. And um, like Casey says, like you may be farther along than you think you are. Uh, mm-hmm. If you you may have you know painted twenty models that look like garbage, but model twenty one probably looks better than model number one. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, very true. And well, it's a process. Like uh, nothing's wrong with your brain. This is all stuff we we go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is yeah. It's just a long path. That's all. Yeah, I think I think my other suggestion is that if you if you really want to get better, um, either find some people at a local shop that are painting. Because a lot of a lot of local shops will have like. You know, uh, either they'll do paint and takes or they'll have some local painters that come down and, and help other people learn to paint better. Um, like a couple stores in my area do that, you know, like one one Friday a month or something like they'll have a three hour painting session. You just come in and everyone's there to just help everyone else, you know, and I, I think that's a really good way to actively improve your painting because you get that that feedback relatively quickly and, and you get someone who has been painting for longer that can say, Hey, you know, why don't you try this? This might work for you. Um, you know, so that helps that discouraging kind of thought come into your head. Cause it's like, there are a lot of other people who are in the same boat trying to just improve. Yeah. And if you don't have anything local, then, uh, Facebook groups, discord groups, especially like smaller private ones are awesome. Yeah. Same kind of yeah. deal. Yeah, even if you can't see it, you can probably find somebody else who can point out something awesome in the mini that you just painted. Some yeah. somebody else will see something that you did that uh, they think they see is clearly, uh, you know, a step towards something awesome, or is something that they themselves cannot do, or uh, yeah. Um, especially here in the dark COVID winter, uh, do find some some online people to share your work with and uh mm-hmm. always a good thing in this hobby summer, in this hobby there are coming. very few people who are gonna say that that's terrible why did you post that i get that on some of my right. my bigger videos but uh that's uh yeah. the price you pay yeah, yeah. <laughs> right there is a price like it's it's funny you say that too it's like you know the first hundred thousand views or so on that video it's like you know people are really nice really not no oh just kidding like past that hundred thousand mark it's like people are really mean you know <laughs> and then it kind of like it evens out and it's like all right most people are pretty nice yeah you know but if you're yeah. if you're sharing on just like a small facebook group or something the first five or ten people really nice and supportive and uh yeah give, give you some some encouragement and some useful feedback but yeah 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 i'd say so so just stick with it, man. You got it. Yeah, stick with it. You got it. I forgot to type the outro on the notes. <laughs> uh, go to Apple Podcast 
apple.com slash paint bravely the podcast uh leave us five star review um at least four please if you made it this far um check us out on paint bravely the youtube channel dot com um thank you for listening uh we are happy that you are here well we hope Mm -hmm. that you'll come back uh next episode and next year and uh you know what merry christmas have a happy new year and we'll uh see you on the other side yeah the 2021 side (laughs) that's that's what i'm talking about yeah please come back Matt, you know what to do. I feel like these uh, these outros are getting longer and longer. And worse. <laughs> and worse. <laughs>